0: You're listening to the Bear Report podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron.
2: Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm flying solo today as my normal co host, Aaron Lemming, is unable to make this recording. The Chicago Bears are now on a two-game losing streak here as we enter week eight against the Los Angeles Chargers. A lot to talk about in this episode, a lot of things I'm going to cover, including the Chicago Bears' struggles the past three weeks, technically, going back to the London game with the bye sandwiched in between. Um, We'll talk a little bit about the upcoming game with the Chargers with a special guest who covers the Chargers on this podcast, and then kind of talk a little bit about exactly what has gone wrong and what to really expect um, for the future of this team, because I know you're just kind of reading through Twitter and just hearing things and seeing things all over the internet. There's not much faith faith left in the Chicago Bears season, and rightfully so, because this team with the performance against the Saints really, you know, hasn't shown anything you know, they look more of like a 8-8 eight and eight team than they do an actual playoff team, which is very disappointing, especially um, with the high expectations going into the season. Uh, but as always, I'm here to remind you that this is the Bear Report Podcast. as part of the Overtime Media Network. Also part of Bearport.com, which covers the Chicago Bears for 24-7 sports. We're in the locker room every day. We're at all the home games. Our, jo- our job is to provide the latest Bears news for you. And right now, you know, not all the news is good. I was at Hallis Hall the um, past couple of days. And, you know, I, I don't think this is a broken team necessarily, but the mood's kind of been a little bit different. I think this team is a little more um, kind of shell-shocked and stunned of what has actually happened especially with that Saints game and how they played. Because, you know, week one was kind of an embarrassing performance against Green Bay Packers to kick off the NFL's 100th season. And I think a lot of fans, you know, including myself, I thought, man, it's going to be hard to top that performance. I mean, to be as bad as they were um, against Green Bay, they only rushed the ball, I think, like 14 times, 13 times. That was one possession game. But then go back Sunday into week um, seven here, and, and it's just, I mean, the Bears did it. They were really bad. Like, they weren't, they, they they were worse than they were against the Packers, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, they did have a late offensive surge in garbage time to kind of cut the lead down to two scores, but I had Coach Matt Nagy, he said he doesn't care about garbage time, and, and unfortunately, that's where quarterback Mitchell Trubisky got most of his stats it was an ugly performance for him, um, ugly performance for the offense, and and you also kind of got the feeling the defense, they didn't give up. I don't like to say that players give up because NFL players, they put their bodies in the line every week, and, and they're, they don't give up, but it just kind of looked like they just didn't want to be out there. And guess what? We haven't even touched on the fact that the New Orleans Saints were without their starting quarterback, Drew Brees. They were without their starting quarterback, Alvin Kamara. They were without their starting tight end. And it didn't even matter because Teddy Bridgewater played well. Um, Latavius Murray played really well. Another 100-yard rusher on this Bears defense. And Josh Hill, the tight end, filled in well. It it was like the Saints just didn't miss a beat. And then, you know, you get to imagine if if Breeze and Kamara played, goodness, they would have hung a 50 spot on the Bears um, on Sunday. It was just all-around brutal. And going into that matchup, the last time we recorded this podcast last week um, with Aaron, we 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 had a special guest on um, Deuce Winham who covers the Saints and you know he kind of gave us some really good talking points and the Bear and he and what he said was was pretty much all true you know the Bears really struggled covering Michael Thomas Marshawn Lattimore did a great job in Allen Robinson the Bears offense just looked pitiful out there um but we at the time we didn't know that Alvin Kamara wasn't going to play and if you'd have told us on the podcast we both Aaron and I would have said the Bears should win this game by. At least 10 points. You're at home. You're coming off an embarrassing loss to the Oakland Raiders. And the bottom line is, the Bears had... They had two weeks to prepare for this game. And now that's the second straight year that the Bears have come out flat after the bye under Matt Nagy. We saw it last year with the Dolphins. They had a very disappointing loss and dropped them to 3-3. Three and three, Same spot they're in this year. Um, And, you know, coming out the the bye, and it's just... You can't have that performance that the Bears had um, last week. It was just absolutely brutal. We're going to talk about that um, a little more. First, I kind of want to give you guys some updates on the Bears from Hallis Hall. Um, Obviously, Kyle Long's on IR, Akeem Hicks on IR. That all happened last week. Um, No really significant Ross moves other than um, Jonathan Harris was claimed off of waivers uh, by the Denver Broncos. Our old buddy Vic Fangio plucking him there. He's now gone. Um, The Bears did bring in a DB, Brent Urban. And, uh, Sherrick McManus is in concussion protocol, which is huge because the special teams unit, I start, I thought, played, starting to play well before, um, you know, that fiasco they had given up the two blocked punts against the, uh, New Orleans Saints, but there was actually some good with the special teams. A lot of it is always Sherrick McManus, so we'll keep an eye on him. I don't think he's going to play. He has not practiced the past two days at House Hall, so he'll, he'll be a guy that you probably won't see out there, but... All around, the Bears' health has been fine this year. I mean, obviously, though, they are mix- missing Akeem Hicks, and it showed against the Saints. He just, you know, he clogged up the middle. He's one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. And, and when you don't have him there, and you're relying more on Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson-Harris, those guys are going to wear down. And now you've seen Josh Jacobs took advantage of it. The Raiders ran right up the middle on the Bears um, in Week 6. And last week in Week 7, what did the New Orleans Saints do? Latavius Murray took full advantage of 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 that weakness up the middle, and ran for 100 yards. You know, going last season, the Bears didn't have a 100 didn't give up a 100 yard rusher to the opposing team in any regular season game. The two that they gave up were both in overtime. They gave one up to Frank Gore against Miami. They gave one up to Saquon Barkley. Two overtime losses for the Bears. This year, Josh Jacobs was the first since Week 17 of the 2017 season, which, ironically enough. Tavius Murray had it for the, for the uh, Minnesota Vikings, rushing for over 100 yards against the Bears defense. And Murray comes in and does a hell of a job um, rushing the football against the Bears in Week 7, going for over 100. Now, you know, that's got to be a big weakness moving forward um, for the Bears is, is now how do you stop the run? And what's even more mind-boggling is when Hicks left the game against the Minnesota Vikings, In Week 4, the Bears' run defense was dominant. They flat-out dominated, arguably the league's best running back. Delvin Cook leads the league in rushing yards, and the Bears held him in check. I mean, I think he barely got over 35 rushing yards in that game. They shut down Kirk Cousins, and now you look at it, and look, the Minnesota Vikings are rolling. They have won three straight. Kirk Cousins looks incredible. You know, maybe the Bears broke him. Maybe the Bears fixed him by breaking him, which is wild. And now the Bears are kind of going the opposite way. Since that game against the Vikings, the Bears have dropped two straight, two winnable games that really would have kept them in contention here um, for the NFC North. But now, going into this Week 8 game against the Chargers, the Bears are trending down. They're, They're going the wrong way. They're not going in the right direction. And, you know, I'm not giving up on this team. I think they can bounce back, but... Right now, with the way the Packers are playing, how the schedule sets up, I think the division is going to come down to Minnesota and Green Bay, and it's probably better for Bears fans to start paying attention to the wild card. Start paying attention to all these other NFC teams that you're going to need to lose some games um, coming up because it's tight. NFC West has the San Francisco 49ers, who are the only unbeaten team in the NFC. You have the Los Angeles Rams, and then you have the Seattle Seahawks. And then in the NFC North, they're going to have the Vikings, um, the Packers battling out for the division. But you know, the loser of the division could get the wild card. Um, The East is probably going to get one team in and then, you know, depending on how the Panthers play um, the rest of the year with, you know, it doesn't look like Cam Newton's going to be the starter anymore it's going to be Kyle Allen. The Panthers could be a team that could sneak into, you know, a wild card berth. So, Racking up these wins against NFC North opponents are going to have to be crucial for the Chicago Bears coming down the stretch. Um, Even these division games, they have some winnable games left on the schedule. They're going to have to do their job to win. We're going to take a quick break really quick. Um, I'm going to come back and kind of talk about the struggles with the Bears before we get into our guest that covers the Chargers. Um, Before we do that, though... Today's episode of the Bear Report Podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming service, Sports Network. It's live 24-7 and costs you nothing. That's right, it's sports coverage that's always on and always free. Always. What I love so much about CBS Sports HQ is it's focus on the game and the game only. There's tons of highlights going on up to the minute. There's breaking news as it happens. You don't have to wait. There's fantasy advice for all you fantasy football players out there. And something that we kind of care deeply here is um, gambling picks and analysis that gets you that extra edge. So when I turn to CBS Sports HQ, I see the tips and the trends that I need to win my bets, and it really helps me a lot. I've, I've loved using this. Don't forget, you can also access all this great coverage completely free. That's the big thing. It's free. It's not free for just a week or a month. You get the trial. No, it's totally free. You don't even need to log in, so you don't even have to put in your email address, which is fantastic because I know how much of a pain that could be when you get spam emails. All you have to do is just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, any other connected device, anytime to watch CBS Sports. There's no fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today for free. Welcome back, Bears fans, into the Bear Report podcast. In case you missed the intro here, I'm flying solo as your host, Zach Pearson. Aaron couldn't make it this week. He'll be back next week as we uh, hopefully recap a Chicago Bears win over the Los Angeles Chargers. Let's kind of dig right back into this Bears talk here. A lot is wrong with this team right now. Um, let's start with the obvious. Mitchell Trubisky has really struggled, and the more he struggles like this, the more it makes all of us believe he's just not the guy. Um, and the Bears traded up to draft him Number two overall, they obviously pass on to Sean Watson. I don't think Mahomes is really on their radar. Mahomes is generational talent that, you know, wasn't high on every draft expert's list. It was always Trubisky and Watson. But still, I mean, you draft this guy based on potential, the ceiling that he has. And coming out of North Carolina, I thought he had a high ceiling. I thought he was going to be a polished quarterback. He had a lot of room to grow. Um, but the one thing that kind of really stood out was Always his footwork. His footwork always, you know, wasn't the greatest. And now as he enters here, is he's, he's in his third season with the Bears, second under Matt Nagy. Let's be honest, Mitchell Trubisky's regressed. Um, he hasn't taken any steps forward. You know, we, we if you if you read the Bear report and my training camp reports and you read everyone else that covers a team on the beat, the Bear Mitchell Trubisky struggled at training camp. You know, he wasn't very good in training camp. And a lot of people want to use the excuse, oh, he's going up against the number one defense in the NFL. He's still a quarterback. He still has to make the throws. And when, you know, we would report this, we'd be on Twitter and people would, you know, oh, no, that's not true. That can't be true. And there'd be a couple of videos of him making good throws. Yeah, there were some good throws. But for the most part, he wasn't very good. And there were legit concerns. Multiple media outlets reported. The Bear Report, Sun Times, Tribune, The Athletic. A lot of people had their criticisms of Trubisky and now, as, as as we look, you know, the Bears are six games in the season. He's certainly regressed. Go back to that Saints game. Second or third drive. Third and five. Manage The Bears have a money play. Remember, Trubisky said there are some money plays in this playbook that he has liked now since last year. They ran one of those. Taylor Gabriel to the sideline. Wide open. What does Trubisky do? He drops back. Clean pocket. All day to throw. Instead of stepping up into the pocket, he steps left. His footwork isn't right, his hips aren't turned right, and what does he do? He overthrows a wide open to to Gabriel, the Saints get the ball back, extend their lead. Okay, later on in the game, another third down, that which was a little confusing in the press conference um, after the game by both Nagy and Trubisky saying that Anthony Miller ran the wrong route. Still, looked like Trubisky could have hit Anthony Miller, who had two steps on the defender. That's a first down, probably a touchdown, but a first down at minimum to keep the drive going. Look at that one. Trubisky does not step up in the pocket, throws it off his back foot. It's not accurate. That's the problem. It's mechanics. Mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. If you've listened to the Bear Report podcast, you know we had Brett Coleman on. He was on a couple episodes, um, I want to say it was either before the season or right right when the season started. Great YouTube breakdowns. We talked about Mitchell Trubisky. What did Coleman say the most? His mechanics are not good. He's really struggling with his mechanics and he was spot on because Mitchell Trubisky is struggling with his mechanics, and now you're hearing Matt Nagy talk about mechanics. Matt Nagy doesn't like talking about mechanics. He said that a couple weeks ago at his press conference. He's never really talked mechanics with anyone in his press conferences, even when us reporters have asked. So for Nagy to start talking about these mechanics and and, and talking about them with his quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, that is very eye-opening because I think Matt Nagy's starting to realize, hey, maybe we have a lot more work with Trubisky than we thought originally when I first took over the job and that's a problem because in this league you know you need a couple things but one of those things you need to win is a good quarterback you look at the NFC North Aaron Rodgers Kirk Cousins even is even improving playing better Matthew Stafford all very good quarterbacks right now playing at a high level Trubisky is the worst of those four and I don't care what defense you have back there you're not going to win many games with Mitchell Trubisky struggling like that now, is there a possible time for a turnaround? Yeah. But it's got to happen quick. You know, Trubisky's going up against a really banged-up Chargers team. Defense, secondary without Derwin James, was a big playmaker. This is another chance for Trubisky to kind of prove his worth and have a big game. You know, he hasn't had that big game. He, he, he had that good game against Washington, but there was still some bad in that game. The problem with Trubisky is... You know, it, it it might not all be on him. I don't want to throw everything on him. It, it kind of sounds like I am. I don't want to do that because I also think the play calling just hasn't been there for Matt Nagy. I don't know why he's struggling with it. Um, it just hasn't been there. Why? Go back last year. When was Mitchell Trubisky at his best? Mitchell Trubisky was at his best when he was rolling out and keeping plays alive with his feet. After he took that hit um, from Anthony Ball, or no, it was uh, Harrison Smith in the Vikings game on Sunday Night Football last year, Go back and watch the final few games of the season. Go back and watch these games. He's barely running. He's barely escaping the pocket. He's not keeping plays alive with his feet. Trubisky is at his best when he's keeping plays alive with his feet. He's a dual threat, and and he gives defenses an extra thing to game plan for. We're not seeing that right now out of him. I like to see the Bears kind of go back to that. I like to see him roll out Trubisky, uh, get him on the run, set him up for success, not failure. And for the love of God, start running more routes past the sticks. Right now the Bears offense it, it, it's broke. It is absolutely broken. It doesn't look like it could it's, it's got a, any fixable parts to it right away. It's going to be a, it's going to be a little bit of a process. I mean, you have a guy who who's not even completing passes. They're just curl simple curl and flat routes. That can't happen. Let them open it up. Air it out, go over the middle. Trubisky's going to have to start making some throws over the middle to kind of convince me and the rest of the fan base that he is the guy, and that's got to start this week. Enough of the Trubisky stuff. You've probably heard plenty of it throughout the week. You're going to hear plenty more of it. Not for me, so I don't want to pour too much on Trubisky. I'm not giving up yet. I don't think he's the answer right now. Could change. However, like I said, I don't think... The Bears are doing him any favors, though, because they have absolutely no run game. The Chicago Bears do not have a run game this season, and it, it, it's it's definitely a problem. You know, entering this game against the um, <clears throat> Los Angeles Chargers, sorry, the Bears are really struggling on the run. They're towards the bottom of the league, averaging 70 yards per game, okay? Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, has more rushing yards right now. More rushing yards than the Chicago Bears do in all 2019. All running backs, even Mitchell Trubisky as a quarterback, more yards. Um, I don't know the exact uh, number. I have it actually, I had it written down somewhere. But, okay, Jackson has 576 rushing yards so far this season, okay? The Bears, as a team, have rushed for 437 yards. Insane. Jackson does have one game. <clears throat> Over the Bears, because the Bears have had the bye week. But still, that cannot happen. And, and, and we go back. Let's go back to the offseason before we kind of figure, you know, what's going wrong. Let's go back to the offseason. Jordan Howard, not a fit for this offense. Okay. Ship him out of town. Sign Mike Davis. Ship Jordan Howard out of town. Whatever. I was in favor of the move. I'll admit it. Fully admit it. Trade up in the third round of draft. David Montgomery. A guy that Matt Nagy continually praised throughout this offseason throughout training camp all that okay Mike Davis another guy free agent signing that Matt Nagy talked about David Montgomery didn't play in the preseason he played in the first game of the preseason and you look through these games right now through the first six games of the season the Bears running backs no run game at all Matt Nagy starts off the game with an inside run in to Rico and doesn't work for blocking seven carries on the game for the Bears team rushing. Seven carries, a franchise low. That's incredible to me. And, and and here's even here's the kicker. Two of those carries came from wide receivers. They had um Cordero Patterson got a handoff and they did a jet sweep to Anthony Miller who fumbled. You gotta be able to run the football. The Bears had seven carries. I think they had a point where they threw the ball 13 straight times in the second half. At halftime, this was a one-possession game, and even when the Saints came out of the half and scored, it was nine, it 19-10. Um, yeah, it was, it was a nine-point game, and the Bears still refused to run the football. And the thing that's driving everyone nuts is, you ship Jordan Howard out of town, your run game just takes a plunge, and I don't think Jordan Howard is the full answer. I think he might be struggling behind this offensive line, because I think there's a lot more to it than just Matt Nagy not wanting to call runs. But Jordan Howell was very productive as a Bear in his, in his first three years. And you ship him out of town, and you have two guys who just talked up praise and you were going to use Tariq Cohen as a gadget back and everything was going to work out well. They can't run the football. They cannot run the football. There's no blocking. There's no holes. They can't, the offensive line cannot block. The running backs aren't finding the holes. They aren't making things happen. And Matt Nagy's not running the football. At some point, you have to run the football. You're going to have to be able to run the football to win games. You can't just keep relying on Mitchell Trubisky throwing 40, 50 times. It's not a good recipe for success. And then after the, after the game, Matt Nagy says, I'm not an idiot. I know I have to either run the ball. I know our team needs to run the football. we got to get it going. Oh, yeah, Matt, but you're not calling the run calls. And, and, and you know, into, into Matt's defense, into Nagy's defense, there have been some RPOs that Trubisky has pulled the ball and thrown instead of giving it to Montgomery, which he should have. There's one big example. It's, it's floating around on the internet where there's a big hole and Montgomery should have got the ball and Trubisky takes a sack by Cameron Jordan. At some point, Matt Naggis has got to line him up. All right, offensive line. Go hit someone. We're going to run the football. Because going into this game, the Bears are ranked 28th right now. The rushing attack is ranked 28th in yards per carry and yards per game this season. Absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. You cannot have that. And it's and it's not just those two. Tariq Cohen's really struggling as well. He hasn't been able to get going at all this season. And is it maybe Nagy's getting a little too gimmicky? Maybe. Because every time Cordero Patterson or, or Anthony Miller in the backfield and they're coming in motion, more than likely they're gonna get um they're gonna get the ball. I mean everyone sees it coming. We can see it in the press box. The fans probably you guys could probably see it at home. They're gonna get the ball. The Bears need to just line up. Let that offensive line do some work. I like what Rashad Coward brings. He's he's a nasty offensive lineman that's gonna go out there and hitch in the mouth. Let them go out and run the football because they're gonna they're, they're really gonna to have to eventually. Otherwise, you know, this team's gonna become way too one dimensional and, and the season's just gonna to be totally over. Again, you guys have heard enough of the offensive struggles. I can't harp on it enough. It it it's it's been really bad. Flipping over the defensive side, I think, you know, the Bears' de- defense did struggle um, against the Saints. And a lot of the they – were, they were on the field for a lot. I mean, let, let's be real. They were on the field in short situations. They were on the field 38 minutes, a couple of them short situations. And, you know, Chuck Pagano said at his presser on Thursday – we still have to do our job. It doesn't matter. You put them at the one-yard line, you put, them at the oppo- you, know, you put them at your own one-yard line, the Bears defense still has to do the job, and I think they're really missing Akeem Hicks. They're really missing that clog up the middle that can stop the run and, and get a pass rush because when you get an effective pass rush and you make your quarterback, into a tough, force the quarterback into tough decisions. That really helps your secondary. The secondary is not going to be able to guard defenders for five, four, five, six seconds anymore. It's not, It's just not going to happen. Um Khalil Mack's got to step up. Leonard Floyd, for the love of God, Leonard Floyd has to show up. He's been invincible outside of that Packers game. Now, Khalil Mack going up against the Saints tackles and Armstead and Ramzak. um, The the Raiders did a hell of a job, but that's your superstar. Zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. Don't even think he got a quarterback pressure or anything. I think he got one quarterback pressure in these last two games. Khalil Mack's got to step it up, and, and, and again... Again, the Chargers' offensive line's banged up. They present an opportunity for this Bears' defense to step up. They present an opportunity for this Bears' offense to step up. Can the Bears take advantage of it? Can the Bears take advantage of this, get a win? I think the defense is in better shape, but at some point, you know, the defense is going to look at the offense and say, look, we're holding our own. It's time for you to hold your own. And I think, you know, we we heard about the player meeting, players-only meeting this week. Um... We exactly don't know what was said. The Bears aren't going to reveal that. They neither, nor should they reveal that. But I got to imagine the defense maybe stepped up and said, hey, guys, look, we got to fix our own crap here. Offense, you got to get on track. We know we can do this. Look, I mean, look at last season. They're, you don't just go 12 and float 4 as a fluke. There's something there. There's something with this team. They've done it before. They're going to have to dig deep and do it again. Um Once again, Chargers gives them an opportunity. Speaking of the Chargers, let's actually get into our interview. I um, interviewed Dan Popper of The Athletic. He covers the Los Angeles Chargers. does a great job covering the team. He gave us some insight on uh, how banged up the Chargers really are, that wild game they had against the Titans, which if you haven't seen it, go back and watch the highlights. incredible. Actually, Dan kind of explains it. Um, He also breaks down what the Chargers have to do to win this game, what the Bears have to do to win this game. I think you guys are really going to like this interview. He was one of our better guests on... um, so far this season. We'll get into that before we do that though. There's only there's been eight weeks of the regular seven weeks of the regular season in the books and so much left to be decided. Whatever action you take, make sure my bookie is a place. Who won the NFC North? My Bookie has that covered. Plus in game wagering during the games and player props for receiving yards for Cohen or how many sacks for Mac. The Bears look to bounce back at home versus the Los Angeles Chargers, as they opened up as four-point favorites according to MyBookie. And that just scratches the surface. We've teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag and use promo code OVERTIME. They will match your first deposit with that code. Again, promo code OVERTIME and new users will get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Daniel Popper of The Athletic. He covers the Los Angeles Chargers and he's here to give us some insight on Sunday's matchup between the Chargers and Bears. Dan, thanks for joining me, man.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, yeah. So let's get right into it, man. Um, You know, after last week's debacle with the Bears and the Saints at Soldier Field um, and then the Chargers and Titans game, which ended kind of crazy there at the end. um, Kind
1: of crazy. I, yeah, I mean, well, actually, try, try the craziest game I think I've ever seen in my
2: life. That's what was going to be my first question there. I mean, what happened? Can you kind of break it down, and then from what you saw, moving forward for, with that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, they were down ten points with you know about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Rivers hit Eckler. And they had Eckler one on one with a linebacker on the outside for the first time all game, and Eckler beat him on a double move, hit him for the touchdown to pull within. Three points. The Titans get the ball, drive to midfield, and uh, they complete a pass on a third and seven. But Casey Hayward tackles the receiver short of the of first down marker. Um, so it's four, fourth and one. Uh, Vrabel goes for it and calls a sneak to Tannehill. Joey Bosa clogs the middle, and it looks like he gets it, um, but they rule that he's short. Um, and so the Chargers take over at around midfield. They drive the length of the field, um, and then uh, from the 16-yard line, Rivers hits Eckler on a little angle route out of the backfield. I mean, I've watched the replay 100 times. It looks like he scored. It still looks like he scored. They ruled a touchdown, um, but they overturn it on on review. Um, and then the Chargers get to the line of scrimmage, get called for a false start on first down. Then they try a fade to Mike Williams to pass interference so they get another first down and goal um, from the one. Um, Gordon tries to run it in. Initially, scored a touchdown, ruled a touchdown. They overturn it again. <laughs> um, so, all these, you know, each time it's taking like five minutes for them to, to you know, look at the replay and and come to a determination. Um, and then on second down, they run it with Gordon again, and he fumbles. Titans recover. They go to replay. Um, initially, he was ruled down by contact. They realized that he was standing they see a clear recovery by the Titans on review and that's the ball game. Oh and it was, I mean, so that, that two different points, the Chargers had thought they'd won the game on a last second touchdown. Cause at this point there was, you know, when Eckler scored, there was 40 seconds left when Gordon scored the first time it was, uh, you know, there was like 20 seconds left. So twice they think they win. And then they end up losing and, and inside the locker room, it's like everyone felt like they had done everything they needed to do to win. You know, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, but they felt like, you know, offense defense special teams had all performed at a high enough level to win the game they should have won the game and yet they didn't now they're two and five as opposed to three and four which as i'm sure you're aware you know and all the listeners are aware it's a huge difference um oh, yeah. yep. in terms of in terms of playoff odds you know
2: yeah we got to talk to anthony lynn today on a teleconference and you know we asked him about the game he said it was the craziest game he's ever been a part of
1: which is saying something because he's been in the league forever
2: you yes know, and, yes uh, um Yeah, that was, wow. I knew it was kind of crazy. I didn't know it was that crazy because obviously the Bears were playing at the same time. um, So it was kind of hard having your eyes on both games. But you did mention that the Chargers are 2-5. and What has just gone wrong with them this season? Because going into the year, you know, they were a Super Bowl favorite, one of the teams that many thought could come out of the AFC. They had a great year last year. uh, But what has kind of gone wrong so far?
1: It's just injuries. It's just injuries. I mean, it's so I I was covering the Jaguars last year. So this is my first year on the beat uh, with the Chargers. But I mean, the day I arrived, uh, you know, my first day of work was July 24th. And Russell Okun, their starting left tackle, announced that he had suffered a pulmonary embolism, which is like a blood clot related issue. Um, And he was, you know, in out indefinitely. And from that point on, it's just been injury after injury after injury. Mike Pouncey, their starting centers out for the season, I think probably the biggest injury has been Derwin James. He uh, suffered a stretch fracture in his foot during uh, joint practice um, with the Saints. And he's been out the entire season. And they really built that defense. I mean, around him, he's such an important player. I mean, he's a a ball hawk. He's around the ball. He's a vicious tackler. He's fast. He's he's a big body. Um, And more importantly, he's just a vocal leader on that defense. Uh, So they've been out of position a lot. Um, And then, you know, on top of that, they didn't just lose Derwin. They lost Adrian Phillips, who was their backup strong safety and was starting in place of Derwin James, but also does a ton of stuff for them. He's also their dime linebacker. He plays a little bit of linebacker, sometimes in base defenses too. Um, And he's also a a seasoned veteran, you know, a voice they lost in terms of getting people in position. So they've been starting an undrafted rookie at strong safety. Um, Melvin Ingram, their, you know, their top pass rusher, edge rusher. He's been out for the last three weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, they lost Travis Benjamin for the year. They lost Dontrell Inman for the year. They've now lost the, the guard that came in uh, to replace Mike Pouncey because Dan Feeney, their starting left guard, moved to center. He broke his ankle in the game on Sunday. Um, I mean, it's just been never-ending. And then on top of that, you have Melvin Gordon missing the first three games of the season with a holdout and then coming back and not looking like himself because he missed all of training camp. Um, it's been injuries. It's really – I mean, it's – it's fans don't want to hear it, and I I do this all the time in my live Q&As. and you know, in radio interviews and stuff. And I understand fans don't want the excuses because you look at the Colts and Andrew Luck retired and, you know, they haven't missed a beat. And Darius Leonard was out with the concussion and they didn't skip a beat and they're still performing at high level winning games. But like at some point you have to look at these injuries and say there's like no team, regardless of how much depth you have, can overcome just the, the number of players they have and how important the players uh, were that got injured, you know?
2: Yeah, and I look at this matchup, and I think the Bears and Chargers, minus the injuries, the Bears have had some of the injuries. Um, Akeem Hicks is is out on IR. He's going to return possibly at the end of the year. Kyle Long's out. And you look at the Chargers with their injuries, but I mean, I feel like both teams' backs are up against the walls. Uh, the Bears actually held the players' only meeting uh, between Monday and today. They wouldn't say the exact date, but where like how are the chargers approaching this game especially with that two and five record coming off a dis- disappointing loss now they have to come to the midwest it might be a little cold on sunday and they have to go into soldier field and, and pretty much in a must-win game
1: yeah i mean it's not easy i mean this is a situation you wanted to avoid because frankly like the the chargers have a very difficult schedule but the the you know moment in time the time of the season where they could make some progress was early on um you know they had a game they had the Dolphins they had the Broncos they had you know the Steelers on a third string quarterback and and Devlin Hodges they had the Titans at two and four now it's like you look at the rest of the season they still have to play the Chiefs twice they got the Bears this weekend and they got the Packers at home next weekend they got to play an improved Raiders team twice they got to play the Vikings you know so it's like you look at the rest of the season and it's not it's not looking good it's not looking good I mean you look at from objectively it's like there's you know they already have very small chance of making the playoffs I looked it up and only seven of 141 teams since 1990 have made the playoffs after a two and five start (sighs) Um, only four of those seven teams have won a playoff game after that so you're looking at you know five six percent chance of them making the playoffs and at this point it just doesn't look like a possibility Uh, but you know they're approaching it the way Anthony Lynn has has led them and taught them to approach it like he he's a guy that that means business and, and he's never going to say, you know, give up on a season. No one's ever going to give up on a season. So they're just, you know, and, and a lot of guys you know, I talked to some guys in the locker room today for a story I'm working on, you know, every loss, all five losses have been by one score. So you can look at that and say, hey, we've been in every single game. And it's just a matter of making that one play, like such as scoring from the one yard line with 20 seconds left and not fumbling it away. You know, it's all it's going to take to, to win a game and, and turn this thing around. And, and you know, the one good thing is that in 2017, they started 0-4 and nearly made the playoffs. They were also 2-5 and in that season, and all five losses had been by one score. So they've a lot of guys in that locker room have been in this position before, and they know that, you know, you never can say never, even though they didn't make the playoffs in 2017. Like, there's been massive turnarounds, you know, especially with Rivers leading, leading that offense and leading the team in general. Um, so they're hopeful, but, I mean – it's hard not to look back on these first seven games and feel like you missed some opportunities, especially when every single loss has been by one score. They lead the league in goal-to-go turnovers. They have five turnovers in goal-to-go situations on the year. And no other team has more than three, including really? the Dolphins. Um, they've had, I think, four or maybe five touchdowns called back for penalties. Um, so, that I mean, it's, that's been the story. It's been injuries, and it's been just, just shooting themselves in the foot. Um, and it's hard not to look back on this first seven games and, and say, you know, they missed some serious opportunities against some, you know, mediocre
2: teams. That sounds very familiar for Bears fans. I mean, yeah. that, that he, his losses, all of them except for that Saints loss, have been by one score or less. Um, and in the Raiders game, they shot themselves in a foot with a late penalty that led to a long drive. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the Chargers offense, though. You know, we know Phillip Rivers, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry's a really good tight end. Um, and then they got Melvin Gordon. But the guy that I don't think, you know, people around the country really know enough about is Austin Eckler. And I think that's an interesting dynamic in that backfield. Um, he's a great pass catching back out of the backfield. And he's he's a really good compliment to Melvin Gordon. Can you tell us a little more about Eckler and the season he's having?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's having an, an absolutely outstanding season. Here's the stat that I pulled up uh, yesterday that was really surprising. So he's averaging – He's averaging 9.21 yards per target this season. Um, And that's the highest among any running back in the NFL with at least 30 targets. And it actually ranks 26 among all players with at least 30 targets and no other running back in the NFL ranks in the top 50 on that list among players with 30 targets. So like there's a, there's a pretty legit argument to be made that he has has been the best pass catching running back in the NFL this season. Um, And that's really how they use him. Like he is really adept at, at, you know, finding space in check down situations catching the ball three, four yards downfield and turning it into 10 or 11-yard gains. Um, he's, he's small, but he's, everybody in that locker room says he's the pound-for-pound, pound, the strongest guy on the team. So he's an incredibly compact, strong back, and rarely goes down on first contact. Um, and you'll see it at least once or twice in this game where he bounces off a couple defenders to gain the extra four or five yards to get a first down. And the interesting thing they've been doing recently is they've been splitting him out wide a lot. And they'll try and get a matchup, like I was saying, on that 41-yard touchdown where they pulled themselves within three points last week in the fourth quarter. Um, they split him out wide, and the Titans were still in the, their base defense, and they're like, all right, let's throw Woodyard, the linebacker, on him. Um, and it was a huge mistake because Eckler's going to win that one-on-one every single time. So they, they move him all over the place. I mean, they'll, you'll see a ton of packages where you'll have Melvin Gordon and Eckler out there at the same time, Gordon in the backfield, Eckler split wide, and they'll send Eckler on a, on a jet sweep action and either fake it to him and run the ball um or they'll give it to him in sort of like an andy Reid type shovel pass situation um they'll run him on angle routes out of the backfield they'll run him to the flat check downs they'll even put him in the slot and he literally plays all over the field um just and and really the the idea is ken wisenhunt the offensive coordinator the idea is to try and get that matchup of a running back on a linebacker which is you know it's not crazy you know ideology it's something a lot of offensive coordinators do to try and find that mismatch um but what the Titans did later on is they started putting a safety on him. And even then, he was still winning. You know, he won on a slant route against a safety, Kenny Vaccaro. Um, but that's something to watch. If, if the Bears are, are going to try and put a linebacker on Eckler split wide when, when they go to those dual running back uh, sets, uh, they're going to be in trouble because he's an exceptional route, route runner, very quick, great hands, and then his ability to bounce off defenders after they catch a second and on the NFL.
2: Yeah, I imagine if they do that, it'll it'll probably be Roquan Smith, who last year was really good in coverage, but this year so far, especially the last couple games, he's really struggled. He got caught flat-footed against Teddy Bridgewater. like He was standing at the uh, third-down marker, the first-down marker on third down, and it was probably one of the worst plays I've seen in his career which is saying a lot because, you know, he was there to make the stop and just look flat-footed. So that's definitely an interesting matchup to watch. Um, Even though the Bears' defense has struggled the last couple weeks against the Raiders and the uh, Saints, still the Bears' defense, they still have playmakers, Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack, um, Leonard Floyd out there, and Kyle Fuller. What really should the Chargers do to attack this defense? Should they kind of run up the middle? Um, Should they use Eckler a lot more? What do you think the game plan would be?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that that's interesting. Um, you know, I mean, they they the Chargers haven't been able to run the ball at all. I mean, they're averaging under like two point three yards per carry over the last three weeks. Oh wow! Uh, you know, since since Gordon came back, like yeah, they've been like the worst rushing team in the league since Melvin Gordon came back. They can't find a way to get it going, and and, and a part of it is the injuries on on the offensive line. Um, you know, part of it, I think, you know, it's hard to gauge it. But part of it, I think, is that Gordon has come back and it's gotten Eckler out of his flow as a running back. They haven't really been giving him a ton of carries. Um, so, But that's going to be a key in this game is can the Chargers find a way to get the running game going behind an offensive line that could be starting a guy in Ryan Groy who they signed off the street like two and a half or three weeks ago. Um, you know, and what's been happening lately is they've been committed to it in the first half, but then they fall behind and they can't, it's not an efficient offensive approach. And so they just bag it and just have rivers throw. Um, You know, in my mind, I would just do that from the jump. Like, but Anthony Lynn is a very staunch believer in having a balanced offense. I asked him about it today and he's like eight and eight and nine and seven teams throw all the time, but really good teams are the ones that have balanced offenses and can attack you in many different ways. And a good point he brings up is that, you know, if you can run the ball, you're able to control the clock a lot better. So if you do have a lead and you're running the ball and you can do it effectively, you can take a lot of time off the clock with you know, those type of third-quarter drives that are 10 minutes long, you know, eight, 10 minutes long, and you, and you can you know, get points out of it and, and put yourself in a position to win. Um, you know, the key for me is, is going to be blocking on the edges because that's been a problem. When they've gone up against elite pass rushers, it's been a nightmare. I mean, T.J. Watt had a field day with them. J.J. Watt had a field day with them, and it's partly because Trent Scott's been starting at left tackle in place of Russell Okung. Now, Okung's going to be back this week. Um, they will be activating him off NFI, um, but he won't be playing the whole game. Um, i am curious to see what they do. You know, if they put when they play Russell Coon at left tackle, they could move Trent Scott over to the right and replace Sam Tevy, who's been starting at right tackle all season. They could keep Tevy over there. So they'll sort of be mixing and matching at the tackles, which is, you know, an interesting thing to do against a guy like Khalil Mack, you know, yeah. arguably the best pass rusher in football. So um that's, that's going to be the key to me. Like, can, can they protect rivers? Cause they're, they're probably not going to be able to establish the run just because the offensive line is still injured and, and and they just haven't been able to do it. And I don't see any reason why they would be able to do it. So they're going to be throwing a lot. And if they are throwing a lot, they have to give rivers time to throw. Um, and will they be able to block Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd? And frankly, I don't think they'll be able to, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how in shape is Russell Okun. You know, he was a pro ball tackle before all of this happened, you know, um, Will he be able to play enough snaps to have an impact and, and keep Rivers protected enough for him to, you know, make plays downfield?
2: Yeah. The more we break this down, the more I realize the Bears and the Chargers are the exact same. I mean, the Bears cannot run the football to save their lives. They trade away Jordan Howard. Um, they sign Mike Davis. They trade up for David Montgomery and they might be, you know, maybe next to the Chargers might be the worst uh, rushing team in the NFL. No, they
1: are. Yeah. No. Heading into last week, I was looking at the stats The the Chargers were averaging like 2.08 yards per carry over the last, Previous three weeks and the Bears were like two point four six. They're they're the, they're basically the two worst yeah. rushing teams in the league right now. Yeah,
2: and and last week the Bears rushed the ball seven total times and two times were to wide receivers, which is just right. mind boggling to me. Especially, but when I mean still, that offense.
1: I mean that offense can't work unless they're running the football because Trubisky's just not a good enough passer. Like exactly,
2: and that's kind of what I want to go into next. I mean, Chargers defense has to be licking their chops after watching Mitchell Trubisky throw fifty plus times and really struggle last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, but part of the problem is, like, they, they just keep having these miscommunications in the secondary. Like, their cornerbacks are really talented, obviously. Casey Hayward, I, I think, personally, is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Mike Davis on the other side has been playing at a high level. They got Desmond King, one of the best nickelbacks in the slot. Um, you know, and then Rayshon Jenkins, they feel like, has been playing at a really high level at free safety. But the, the weakness is that strong safety. Roderick Teamer is the undrafted guy they're playing there. And it just, like, seems like every week there's some sort of miscommunication in the secondary where a guy runs free. It happened again. Um, you know on Sunday they the touchdown that put him ahead 16 to 10 early in the fourth quarter put the Titans ahead 16 to 10 I mean they play they were in their dime package and they must have had like eight defenders in the middle of the field guarding the goal line but no one was guarding the back of the end zone and Tajay Sharp just ran right by everybody and it was an easy completion Um, so they I mean honestly like what that secondary is focused on right now is like making sure that they don't have any of those mental errors um, you know I don't think they're going to overlook any quarterback at this point because every quarterback they've played, including Devlin Hodges has found a way to hit big plays over the top on them. So, uh, you know, they're not, they can't, they can't afford to overlook anybody because they just haven't been consistent enough. Um, But it's certainly something to watch. I mean, a lot of teams have been avoiding Casey Hayward last week. He hurt his ankle and the Titans started attacking him a little bit after that happened. And they had some success. Um, He didn't appear on the injury report today. So it seems like he's okay. Um, But that's be something to watch as well. Uh, You know, if they do decide to attack Casey Hayward, what happens? Because for most of the season, teams have been avoiding him.
2: It's kind of before we wrap things up here, we kind of like to ask our guests. We do this every week with, with the team that the Bears are playing. A little bit about quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. And I think it's interesting because you said you did cover the Jaguars. Um, and Trubisky is being called, you know, the Blake Portals of the Midwest. Uh, we had a lot of hope from him for him, especially going into the season. Because everything Matt Nagy said was, oh, he's graduated to 202. This, We're ready. We're ready to go. He's looked sharp. He has not looked sharp. I think against the Redskins was his best game. But, I mean, that's the Washington Redskins. You don't have that 16 times on your schedule. Kind of from an outsider's perspective, from what you've seen on Mitchell Trubisky and maybe comparing him to Blake Bortles, what is, what's kind of your thoughts on the quarterback?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously I'm not watching every single game. Um, but, you know, from what – I've read from what I've heard from what I've seen, like l- last year it seemed like they sort of disguised a lot of his faults. Um, like they were able to, to run the ball and have success in the short to intermediate game, and he wasn't really asked to push the ball down the field that much. Um, you know, the issue becomes like if you can't establish the run, then what you're left with is, is your quarterback, and your quarterback's got to make plays. Um, and so I think like some of his weaknesses are becoming a little more glaring now because the Bears have obviously struggled to run the ball like we just talked about. And now you're putting the ball in his hands and you're asking him to, to make plays down the field. And he can't, like, I don't know. Like the one stat that keeps popping up with Mr. Trubisky is like, you know, the yards per attempt stat, you know, it's just like, he's just, is always among the, the bottom feeders of the league over, you know, early on in his career. And that's that stat just because he's not attempting about like that many throws downfield. Um, and, and that is the main issue. And, you know, it's interesting just because the two other quarterbacks taken in that draft are just dynamic. Like yeah, yeah. league-changing quarterbacks, like you no, know, and and the way you know they the Chargers obviously are going to play the the Chiefs twice, so see Mahomes twice as long as he's back from the injury. But they also they also faced Watson, um, and the way guys, defensive guys, and coaches talk about the Watson, it's like he's he's impossible to game plan for because he's so talented. So that probably makes it sting a little bit more. Um, I mean, but the guy's still young. Uh, you know, he, he I think Bears fans can be a little bit harsh. I will say that. Um, he's only 25 years old, and and you never know what he's going to develop into, especially with a great offensive coach like Matt Nagy. But you know, a guy like that, you need to be able to establish the run, and sort of everything everything develops off of that. Um, and the Bears just haven't been able to do it this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bears fans can be harsh, especially with the quarterback position. But to be fair, I mean, they oh man, the the quarterback history in Chicago has been unbelievable. We've had Jay Cutler who had his battles with the Chargers and Phillip Rivers. But other than that, it's just been – it's been absolutely brutal. It's like Eric Kramer who played in the 90s still holds – Rex Grossman. It. Rex Grossman too.
1: Uh,
2: it's it's – Super Bowl. Yeah, Kyle Orton. It's just – you go on yeah. the list and we haven't even really named like the bad, bad quarterbacks. But, right. Um, you kind of mentioned – you know, last thing here. You kind of mentioned that um, you hear defensive players talk about going up against, you know, Watson and, and how he's so hard to game plan for if anything this week what have they said about Trubisky and his game plan
1: yeah I mean it's hard like you ask a coach about a player he's never going to be like that guy's not any good yep. um but it's sort of like like they aren't in a position to underestimate everyone like anyone like they went like they lost to the Steelers when Devlin Hodges was quarterback <laughs> like that guy played in the FCS at at home too I don't know, Samson I don't even know what college he played at well, they, yeah, they were at home, but it was like ninety percent Steelers. Yeah, that was a study. Like you, you, and it's not like they like like lost that game late. They were down twenty-four nothing. Like they got their asses beat by a FCS quarterback making his first career start. So like they can't they can't overlook anyone. They can't underestimate anyone at two and five with the season falling apart the way it is. So you know, people in Chicago might hate Mitch Trubisky and think he sucks, but the Chargers certainly don't think he sucks because they got to go win a football game. And they got a game plan for that offense, even if it hasn't been productive.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And actually, uh, Lynn said today he loved Trubisky coming out of college. And right. And he did say he thought he'd be Aaron Rodgers or compared him to Aaron Rodgers, which is yeah. – okay. Yeah, I don't about that. That hurts us because it's like, you know, Bears fans had to watch Brett Favre terrorize them for years. And then, you know, they just throw in Aaron Rodgers and it's like two generational quarterbacks. Uh Okay. Before I let you go, last thing I promise I've been saying that, but um can you give me a prediction and then um an X factor to the game?
1: Yeah, okay. Um prediction. I I just don't I don't I not just I don't see him winning. I I'll, I'll go I think it's gonna be ugly. I'd say like Bears sixteen, Chargers thirteen. I'll give you that. And um the X factor I'm gonna go back to what I talked to before is just uh you know, can can the Chargers block a little Matt? I like I could see with Russell Coon playing in his first game all season and like he's barely practiced, um, and then the young tackles they have, like I can see Khalil Mack having just like one of those game breaking, just dominant performances. because uh, 'cause they've struggled with the elite pass rushers this year. It's just been it's just been every time they go up against a guy who's a double digit sack type guy, they just have not been able to stop him. I mean, even Von Miller had a good game against him. So uh, you know, I think it, I think Khalil Mack could be could be the X Factor. I know that's a little bit, you know cliche but seriously like i think he can I mean, have one real. of those games i honestly think he have one of those games where it's like you know four sacks eight qb hits like two forced fumbles like one of those type days like it could be that bad
2: he, he kind of needs it though he's he's had zero sacks zero tackles for loss i think not even a pressure in the last two weeks but he was going up against two really good tackles for the saints and, and the raiders offensive line did an incredible job on him uh where can everyone follow you on twitter at then
1: at daniel r popper
2: And you can read um, his work on The Athletic. Once again, he covers the Chargers. That's a great job. And uh, we'll have to do this again next time the Bears Bears and Chargers play.
1: Definitely, man. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, for sure. No doubt.
1: The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.
2: Welcome back into the Bear Report Podcast. That was our interview with Daniel Popper of The Athletic who covers the Los Angeles Chargers. Hopefully that gives you some insight on the Bears' upcoming opponent this week in Week 8. We're going to wrap things up here now, um, talking about the Chargers and Bears matchup. I'll give you my prediction, my X factor. Before we do that, though, uh, I kind of want to look at the landscape of the NFC North. I think the Vikings and Packers both have favorable schedules moving forward. Obviously, those are the top two teams in the division right now. Um, For the Bears, though, these next two weeks present an opportunity for them to get two wins. You get a nice home win against the Chargers, come out. You have a great performance and show, hey, we're still in this thing. And then go on the road and beat a Philadelphia Eagles team that's really struggled this year. There's no reason why this Bears offense shouldn't click against the Eagles defense. Every other offense has, has put up big numbers on the Eagles defense. Get to Carson Wentz. Put up some numbers on the Eagles defense. Get out of these next two weeks 2-0. If you can get out of here 5-3 and with two straight wins, you know, anything can really happen. You put yourself in position to at least contend for a wild card spot down the road. You come back home, you have the um, Detroit Lions, and then, in, you know, in the back half of that schedule, you're going to have um, the Lions twice, you're going to have the Chiefs, you're going to have the Packers one more time, the Vikings one more time, you'll have the Giants, and then you'll have a Cowboys team that, you know, right now, He look they, they look pretty beatable as well, so... It'll be interesting to see how the Bears show up this week and next. If they can get those two wins, I'd feel a lot better about this team's chances. Um, as, as for Sunday's game, though, let us let me get into my X-Factor and my prediction. Um, I'll flat out say it. I mean, it's, it's not obvious. Mitchell Trubisky is the X-Factor moving forward for this team for the rest of the year, in my opinion. He's got to have a good game on Sunday. He's got to have a convincing game, a convincing win on Sunday, um, leading the Bears, throw a couple touchdown passes, have a nice game and more importantly, make the throws. Make the throws that you're supposed to make as an NFL quarterback. Do not struggle. Please do not struggle. Make the throws. Show that you're an NFL quarterback. Lead this offense up and down the field and get the win. Um, as for prediction, I think you know, I think the Chargers are a talented team. You know, you gotta account for someone like Joey Bosa. Um, the offense is Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler is is having a very good year, and he's very difficult to guard, especially when they line him up, you know, an empty set and put him as a wide receiver. And then you look, um, you have Melvin Gordon returning. He really hasn't gotten on track yet. We'll see if this will be a game for him, but I'm going to take the Bears in this one. I'm confident in them winning. Um, You know, hopefully this is true. Hopefully my prediction is right, but I'm going to go Bears 20, Chargers 16. I think the Bears find a way to get it done. Uh, I think the Bears get a rushing touchdown. We'll give it to David Montgomery up his third of the year. And I think Trubisky has a better game. I don't know if it'll be the convincing one, but I think he kind of restores a little hope into the Bears' offense here you know, with a nice game. I think Matt and Maggie realize, hey, i got to run the ball. We're going to get about 20 attempts in this game. Hopefully a lot of the rushes, or some rushes, come at the end when they're trying to kill the clock with the lead. I'll, I'll go Bears. Um, I said Bears 20 Chargers 16. The Bears save their season for now. Hopefully use it as a building block moving forward. Um, And hopefully next week when Aaron's back, we can recap at Bears win and preview um, their upcoming game against the Eagles. For now, that is it though. You can read my work on the Bear Report. That's bearreport.com. Come check out the forums. Come check out all the new articles we have up on the homepage. You can follow me on Twitter at at ZachZack underscore Pearson. Um, You follow the Bear Report at the Bear Report on Twitter. Um, That's just Bear Report on Twitter. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you later.